What's up, guys? Real quick, I wouldn't be honest if I said this podcast doesn't take a lot of time, effort, and money to put on every week. I do this podcast because I truly want to help you. So if you haven't rated or reviewed the podcast yet, I would be incredibly grateful if you could take less than 30 seconds and do so. Your review will not just help us grow the podcast, but also get this in front of more people who need to hear it. Thanks and enjoy the show. Failure wasn't an option. This had to work. I live and breathe franchising every single day. So I see the mistakes that people make. The reality is I've made a bunch of mistakes myself. That wasn't the ideal use or skill set that I wanted to be leveraging in my business. How in the world do you think that you could buy the franchise if you haven't done due diligence yet? Welcome to the Franchise Empire Show. They say Rome wasn't built in a day and building your empire doesn't happen overnight. My name is Tarek Johnson, and owning franchises is what helped me go from employee to employer and start building my empire for my family. So this podcast is for you, the empire builders. For those of you who want to build something that stands the test of time, this is for those of you who are crazy enough to believe that you can make the dream in your head come to life. This podcast is all about bringing you real people who are building real empires so you can get inside their mind and heart and get proven strategies and actionable insights that will catapult you to build, grow, and scale your empire. All right, so you're thinking about buying a franchise and you want to know what mistakes to avoid. You want to make sure that you reduce your risk. You don't potentially lose hundreds of thousands of dollars. So in this video, we're going to talk about the most common mistakes that I see that you really need to avoid when buying a franchise so you can protect yourself. Look, this is a huge decision. You cannot mess this up. I know that when when my wife and I were buying our first franchise, failure was not an option. We were taking out a $300,000 line of credit on our home and failure wasn't an option. This This had to work. So Let's dive into some of these top mistakes so that you can make sure to protect your investment, your legacy, your family, and really put yourself in the best position possible. So if you're if you're new here and you're not familiar with me, my name is Tarek Johnson. I've owned multiple franchises across the country, and currently I'm the founder and CEO of Franchise Empire, and every day I talk to franchise buyers franchisees, CEOs, and founders of franchisors. I'm looking through FDDs. Uh, I live and breathe franchising every single day. So I see the mistakes that people make. And the reality is I've made a bunch of mistakes myself. So you get to learn from my experience. So let's talk about the first mistake, which which I see, which is your motivation of why you want to buy a franchise. So uh, when I hear people say, Hey, I want to buy a franchise cause I want to make s- some passive income. And I, you know, I really want to look at it as an investment. I, I, I think this is, if that's your intention to buy a franchise because you're looking for passive income, then you should not do it. The only, the only way I would say that you could do it is if you're an experienced entrepreneur, you've owned businesses before, like this is not your first rodeo. Um, then okay, that's that's a little bit different. But if this is your first time as an entrepreneur, as a franchise owner, then this is not going to be passive. Now, it is possible that you can eventually get the business to be passive. But in the beginning, you are going to work 
your ass off in this business and you're going to need to, and that's how you're going to put yourself in the best position to succeed as possible. I've done uh, over 50 podcast episodes now between the zero to profitable franchise podcast and now the franchise empire show. Um, all the franchisees that I've spoken to, they have been owner operators in the beginning in their business. And that was one of the reasons why they then were able to get to passive. So as an example, when we opened up our first store in California. So we built out the first store from scratch, meaning when we signed our lease, it was a dirt lot. It was raw land. Uh, there was nothing in the shopping center. So between when we signed our lease to when our store opened, it was a two and a half year time period. And so we had decided that we were, between that time, we had decided we were going to move across the country. Uh, heck of a time to move across the country, I know. So we decided we were going to move to Florida. So we're about to open up this store that we've got $340,000 invested. I've never run a business like this. I've never run a franchise. We're about to move across the country. There was no way we were going to be able to sell it for the the cost of what it took to build out because it we were in the middle of building out as a brand new store. People buy businesses for a multiple of profits typically. So it's like, crap, <laughs> we're going to have to be able to run this, uh, run this store and be 2,500 miles uh, away. And so what happened was that first seven or eight months, I pretty much spent almost every day in the store. I mean, the first month I was definitely there every day. First couple of weeks, I was there 12, 14 hours a day. But I, I mean, okay, maybe I'd go golf or something on the weekends, whatever it was, but I was constantly looking after the store um, and just learning how to run the business, getting adjusted and making sure that my team knew my expectations and how to run the business. So, okay, yes, later on, fast forward, you know, we moved away to Florida. So eight months down the road, I'm in Florida, the store's in California. And eventually it did get to the point where, pretty much all I was doing was meeting with my manager like once a week, uh, like via, via phone, going over our KPIs and numbers. And overall, it was pretty passive. I was pretty semi-absentee. But if that's your expectation in the beginning, I think you're setting yourself up for failure. Thanks for being a supporter of this podcast. The only way this podcast grows is from word of mouth. So if you've gotten one nugget or learning lesson from any episode that we've done, share this with someone who pops in your head that you think will benefit. Imagine the impact you can have by helping them learn something that can build their business. People will associate the value they got from the information from you, the person who shared it with them, all because you shared it with them. I appreciate you and your support. Let's get back to the episode. The second mistake is that that I see is that when you decide that you're wanting to buy a franchise just because you like the business as a customer. And I hear this all the time. And this was, to be honest, this was a mistake that we had made. And so what I see is, you know, you go out in your community, in your neighborhood, you're, you're, you have this experience, let's say at a food establishment. You're like, oh, the food's so good. The environment, the vibe is awesome. We just love it. So cool. They're always busy. They must be making so much money. And you're like, hey, this would be awesome. Like, what if we could own one of these? I know you've had, I know you've had this conversation before. So 
and I see it happen all the time. Or you go into a fitness studio, you're like, oh, I love fitness. I want to own one of these fitness places. And here's what I learned is that enjoying and experiencing a business as a as a consumer is completely different than a business than owning and operating the business. It, it's just night and day different. So, you know, in our store, one of the things that I didn't realize is great. I'm going to be managing uh, a bunch of teenagers and young kids that like to sleep in and call out. And um, I washed more dishes that first year of opening that store than I had cumulatively in all of my life. Now, it's not to say I'm not willing to wash dishes, but it's just to say that like that wasn't the ideal use or the ideal skill set that I wanted to be leveraging in my business. So the analogy that I use when when working with our clients in our zero to profitable franchise system is that, you know, really when you're buying a franchise, you want to pick out your destination, meaning you want to know why you're buying the franchise. What is the reason? What's your goal? What's your destination? What are you trying to accomplish? So as an example, if you say, hey, I want to buy a franchise because I want to replace my income. And I currently make $100,000 a year in my job. And I'm working 60 hours a week. I don't like it. I'd, I'd prefer to work less. But if I had to work 60 hours for myself, that'd be great. And you create this criteria of what you want in the business. I want to have uh, skilled labor employees, people that um, you know have training and experience and, and all these things. Well, then you get clear on that first. And then once you get clear on your criteria, now you go out and then you go look at and narrow down to a handful of franchises that match your criteria. So the way that I explain it is you're getting clear on your, your destination and then you're picking the vehicle that best suits you getting to that destination the way that you want to do it, right? Whether, because like, if you're going to travel from New York to California, you could take a plane. And then within that same plane, you can fly first class. You can fly economy plus. You can fly regular economy, right? You could fly what, what are, Spirit Airlines. Uh, you could take a private jet. You could take a car. Uh, you could take an RV. Like there's all sorts of uh, different <laughs> ways that you can go. <laughs> and... So it, depending upon what you want to experience, what your budget is, that's going to de- that's going to depend on which option you choose. Same thing when choosing a franchise. So I think you get the point, right? So don't just choose a franchise because you like it as a customer. Establish what your goal is first, what your outcome is. Get clear on that and then find a handful of franchises that can match it and then go from there. The next mistake that I see people making is that uh, you see you see a business and the franchise and they seem really busy. And so you think it's making a lot of money and you're just like, oh, we should open one of these. Right. And so that actually ties into uh, two number to number two. Right. Uh, which is the choosing a franchise just just because you like it as a customer. 
Um, so I'm not going to hit on that one much more. Hey, I hope you're enjoying the podcast episode so far. One of the most consistent things that we hear from people that reach out to us is that buying a franchise feels really confusing. There are so many options out there. It's a scary decision. They don't know how to vet or do the due diligence, really narrow down on the right franchise for them. And then they really feel alone in the process. You might be the only one in your family who's ever pursued buying a franchise or being an entrepreneur. Or maybe you've tried to start a side hustle before or other businesses like me, like before franchising, I was not able to crack the code on entrepreneurship. I'd like to invite you to reach out and work with us. We've helped many clients buy franchises, get them profitable, or buy resale businesses that are thriving. I'm talking about highly profitable resales, great value. We've allowed many of our clients to actually quit their job right away and replace their income immediately. So if you wanna work with me and my team on finding or buying a franchise, doing due diligence, vetting it, or resale, then go ahead and go to tarjohnson.com consulting, and we're happy to see if we can help. All right, enjoy the rest of the episode. Uh, the third mistake I see is not working with a franchise broker. And, you know, I used to have a different opinion on this. And by the way, some people go, well, franchise broker, franchise consultant, franchise coach, like what, what's the difference? The, the reality is they're pretty much all the same. So franchise broker, franchise consultant, franchise coach essentially all mean the same thing. And that is an individual who's going out there and helping to match you with a franchise that's suitable for your goals. Okay. And so typically the way that a franchise broker works, I like to call them franchise brokers because I think it's more transparent. I, I don't like the term franchise consultant um, because they're, they're, Yes, they're consulting you, but the way that they get compensated is by matching you with the franchise. It's not that's not necessarily a bad thing. If you think about a real estate agent, right? The way a real estate agent gets paid is by going out, helping you find a home, and then navigate that transaction, right? That's the role of real estate agent. So a franchise broker is is a is a similar thing. But what happens is, so the way that a franchise broker works is that they're going to have access to a couple hundred different franchises that they can work with. Depending upon what organization they're with, they can even go out to franchises that aren't within their inventory and say, hey, I have a client that may be interested in your franchise, et cetera. Um, but generally speaking, they're going to represent a couple hundred franchises that they have access to in their inventory. So working with a franchise broker is not necessarily for everyone. Right. So as an example, companies like Orange Theory uh, or like a company called KidStrong, like they don't work with franchise brokers. So you wouldn't be able to buy that franchise through a franchise broker. But the reason why I list this as a mistake is because majority of the people that wind up reaching out to me or us and, you know, I've been running my my YouTube channel for a good three years now. So I've, I've just, again, spoken to hundreds, if not thousands of people either via email or in Zoom meetings or lives or Q&As or, you know, whatever it is. And most of the time, people that come saying, hey, what do you think about this franchise? Or I'm looking at this franchise and they're not working with a professional like a franchise broker. Um, the franchise that they're looking at is terrible. Like 80% of the times, I'm like, that would be a terrible idea to buy the franchise that you're looking at. Because a lot of the times they're looking at franchises that are brand new, that don't have a track record, their average unit volume sales suck. So I think 
even if you don't wind up buying the franchises that the franchise broker shows you, I think you're going to learn so much in that process and have so much more clarity so that even if you wind up buying something on your own, working with the franchise broker will benefit you um, and you've got a lot of value out of that relationship. We have some that we can introduce you to. If that's something that you want some help with, um, then you can go to franchiseempire.com slash check territory and uh, you'll be able to set up a free 15-minute call uh, with some franchise brokers that we can introduce you to. We, we uh, Our clients work with some of the, the best in the, uh, in the country, in the business, and that operate franchises, et cetera. I personally don't operate as a, as a franchise broker. Um, I don't work with clients one-on-one. People ask me all the time. It's not something that I do, but we can connect you with people that I'm very close with and that we trust and work with a lot of our clients. The next mistake is not doing your proper due diligence, not doing proper due diligence on a franchise. What do I mean by that? Is a lot of times what I see is that people have confirmation bias. This happened to us uh, when, when buying a franchise. So you get excited about a specific franchise, one or two. Uh, you think you can make a lot of money, whatever it is, for whatever reason, you're really excited about it. And so what happens is I, I would have people that reach out to me, they go, Tark, I'm looking at buying this franchise. Um, and at, at the time, I, I, I did some one-on-one coaching. So people actually paid me as like a business coach to help them vet maybe a franchise that they were looking at. And so they'd go, well, we, yeah, we want to you know, pay you to figure out if you know, this is going to be a, a good idea for us to buy this uh, uh, franchise. But the tone was like, we're buying this franchise. We just want to make sure it's a good idea. And I'm like, okay, all right. Um, so uh, how many uh, franchisee validation calls have you done? Uh, we haven't talked to any franchisees yet. Oh, okay. Um, what about the FDD? Like, have you, you understand the item 19 in terms of like how much money, like the different locations or units are making? Uh, we, we, we haven't gotten the FDD yet. Um, and I'm like, what? How, how in the world? Do you think that you could buy the franchise if you haven't done due diligence yet? So in terms of due diligence, uh, not doing validation calls, meaning talking to existing franchise owners about their experience, right? And there are layers to this, which is you need to talk to five to 10 franchisees of that franchise brand, and you need to ask them the same category of questions and document it and take notes while you're doing it, right? Not doing that will... uh, will we'll get you in big trouble. And what happens is the franchisor sometimes will do group validation calls or recorded validation calls, or they'll send you a list of names. And so one of the mistakes is ju- only talking to franchises that the fran- franchisees that the franchisor has introduced you to. You need to go on the FDD and actually call and talk to other people besides because the the franchisor if you think about it of course they're going to send you the franchisees that are all doing doing fairly well or all happy right actually i've definitely had times where i've made validation calls and franchise in general franchisees will be pretty pretty honest with you but you you still need to go in there and and make your own calls but you need to talk to five to ten franchisees all right so that's part of the due diligence another mistake is um is not understanding the numbers of the franchise. 
uh, so many times I've seen people get excited about a franchise and just not understand the actual numbers and economics of the potential profitability of the franchise. I mean, people will come in and they'll say, come into our program and say, hey, we're looking at a, this franchise and okay, great. Like what's the average unit sales for the franchise? It's uh, 450,000 and it's a retail model, meaning it, it's an, it, you have a physical location. And the conversation that we have is if the average sales are only four, 450 grand, it's going to be very hard for you to make money because, because of the way that that's structured and the fact that you have a lease and you have so many fixed costs that are pretty expensive. Um, at a certain point, you're, you're at a certain point of sales, it's nearly impossible to be profitable. And then you factor in, uh, your cost of debt, which is the 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 next layer to that mistake of doing not doing the proper due diligence is, okay, someone estimates, all right, I think I can make, let's say 80 grand profit with this business. And then they're not factoring in that, okay, my SBA loan payment is five grand a month, which is 60 grand. So after my cost of debt, even though I'm profiting 80 grand, the actual cash flow that it's producing is only 20 grand. And then you still got to leave some money in the business account. You're not going to take every penny out. Uh, so then at that point, it's like, okay, un unless you're, you know, you don't need the income from it for a while. It's something that you got to think about and factor into. Another mistake that I see people making is buying a franchise that doesn't have a track record of success yet. So recently we had someone that, uh, we do these uh, these group calls for people that are in our zero to profitable franchise system. This is where they get to, uh, uh, I'll answer their questions. They get to learn from some of the other franchisees. And someone came on and said, hey, Tark, yeah, I'm looking at this uh, plumbing franchise. And like, what do you think? And this is what I'm thinking. I, you know, I really like it. And turns out they only have one franchisee. And... So I said, the question I asked, I said, hey, uh, this guy's name, let's call him Tim. I said, Tim, just curious, let's take a step back for a second. What was one of the reasons that you wanted to buy a franchise in the first place? And he said to me, well, because it's got to prove in, I, you know, I wanted to go with something that has like a recognizable brand and that they've already figured it out and they have the system and, and you know, they have a, they have a blueprint for me essentially. I'm like, okay, cool. Does a franchise with one franchisee, do you think you're going to get all those things? He's like, no. <laughs> I'm like, exactly. So the biggest benefit with a franchise is that there are 10, 20, there are dozens of other franchisees, if not hundreds of other franchisees that have proven the model works, that it's been established. So you know, if you really want to help ensure your success and put yourself in the best position possible, then take a look at franchises that have an actual track record. Now, that's not to say that emerging franchise franchises are bad or a bad idea. It's just a different level of risk tolerance. If if you're really wanting to make sure that, hey, I pretty much know what I'm getting into, then you want to buy something with a with a track record. And nowadays, there's I see people making the mistake of buying these franchises that are growing really fast. They're selling hundreds of territories a year. 
franchisees, you know, aren't able to open them that quickly, as quick as they're selling them. And then people start getting FOMO, fear of missing out. They start buying franchises because they hear that someone else is going to buy them. And then all of a sudden you hear a year or two later how, you know, franchisees aren't doing well or they're frustrated or they're unhappy because either the franchise is growing too fast and they don't have the support or it turns out the business model wasn't that proven because the whole time they were selling all those franchises based on the the track record of like one or two franchisees in a specific market. And it turns out it doesn't duplicate over the country. Right. So uh, that's that's another that's another mistake that I, that I see for sure. Buying a franchise that doesn't have a track record of success. The next one, number six, is choosing a franchise just because you think you'll make a lot of money. You know, this is a really bad idea just because of the fact that business is hard, right? Owning, <laughs> owning a business is very difficult. And the reality is, is you'll likely experience challenges and adversity, a lot of it before you'll see the financial return that you're looking for. And so if you buy into a franchise system just because you think you're going to make a lot of money with it or you've seen that some of the top franchisees are making a lot of money. Well, in every franchise system, there are top performing franchisees, there are average performing franchisees, and then low performing franchisees. What happens if you went in because you thought you were going to be one of the top ones and it turns out you're in the middle or lower? And you actually don't like, you have zero interest in the business at all. You have no connection to it. You really don't believe in it that much. You just bought it because you thought you were going to make some bank. And then all of a sudden adversity hits and it makes it that much harder. So uh, I think that's a huge mistake. You, you really need to choose a business that you believe in. Some people say, well, I want to be in a business that I'm passionate about. Cool, possibly. Um, but passions can change. I could be passionate about something today. And then like a year from now, I'm not passionate about it anymore. Passion is a fleeting emotion. But belief is a stronger emotion. So if you believe in a business, you have a connection in a business, right? So right now, uh, my wife and I are looking at a franchise that I have no passion to the business. Um, but it's, uh, without giving it away, it's a business that I believe in the business model. It makes a ton of sense. And it's a business that will do well in any economic environment. And it fills a tremendous need uh, that I can relate to due to, personal experiences. So for me, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, the, the it's, it's a resale. So I already know the resale is making a lot of money, but that's not the only reason to buy it because the business model is solid, right? It's like, okay, I can, I can get behind that. So those are the mistakes to avoid when buying a franchise. Let me know what questions that you have. Drop them in the comments below. Make sure to subscribe and I look forward to seeing you guys on the next one. Hey, before we go, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I put my heart and soul into providing you value through this podcast to help you build your empire. So please subscribe if you haven't already. And the biggest thank you you could ever give me is to drop a review because more reviews equal this podcast getting more listens, which means we can share this message with more people and hopefully positively inspire them like we have you. You can also share it with someone you care about that you believe may benefit from listening. Thank you. And until next time, go build your empire.